WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. Break the wall! Since the Penguins are done, I guess it's time to talk about the Pirates. And I think Nick Kingham is a good place to start. Kingham is 26 and has been developing forever. By the time Sidney Crosby was 26, he'd won a scoring title, an MVP, a Stanley Cup, and had led the league in goals. So Kingham got promoted to Pittsburgh because other pitchers were hurt. In his Major League debut, he pitched six and two-thirds perfect innings. 20 up, 20 down. Longest perfect stint by any pitcher ever in his Major League debut. Kingham also won his next start, so he's 2-0 with a 2.92 ERA. 16 strikeouts and only one walk. So what did the Pirates do? They sent him back to AAA. Got the best whip on the team, number three in ERA, and they sent Kingham back to the minors. Nova, Cool, and Tyon all have ERAs over four, so they sent Kingham back to the minors. Typical Pirates. It's always about future, 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 and never about now. Hey, Bucko Management, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Seriously, isn't that unbelievable? It's not like when the Penguins had Roberto Romano in goal in 1984 and he won three straight games, so they sent him down. The Pirates aren't going to get to draft Lemieux. There's no benefit to be had by sending uh, their best pitcher. And, and make no mistake, I know it's a small sample, only two games, but Kingham was amazing in those two games, and especially the first one. They should have kept him in Pittsburgh. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Some people were surprised when earlier in the show I gave the Washington Capitals credit for beating the Penguins. Hey, they earned it. The Penguins will not take this loss to their graves, as I've read it. They won two straight Stanley Cups. That's three Cups total for Sid, Gino, and Latang. The window is still wide open, but in this particular instance, after losing three series to the Penguins in the Crosby and Ovechkin era, in this particular best of seven, the Capitals won the close games and the crucial games. In the past, it was the Penguins that did that. Am I disappointed? Yeah, of course I am. It was a winnable game last night. It was a winnable game Saturday. It was a very winnable series. Capitals didn't have Backstrom or Wilson, but Kessel and Gino were both playing hurt. Broussard never really got untracked in these playoffs. Murray played fine, but Holtby played better. Like Josh Owey said on Twitter, the Capitals never flinched. And they deserve to win. They are worthy winners. And again, like I keep saying, the Penguins are the number one sports franchise in town currently. The model sports franchise. The Steelers really try to win. I hate their locker room. I hate the way they conduct themselves. 
Last night we had the Army War Hero stripping his shirt off and pouring beer all over himself. I guess that's funny. And it is oh so Steelers. You had Juju Smith-Schuster at the game last night jumping in front of the camera to get on the Jumbotron every chance he got. That attention whore just dancing and dabbing and making a spectacle of himself. And they ain't won two straight Super Bowls since the 80s. Excuse me, 70s. Boy, I'm getting old. How could I forget it was the 70s? Penguins have won two Stanley Cups in a row, not once but twice. And they never make you embarrassed to be their fan. Does that resonate? It should. I'm never embarrassed to be a Penguins fan. I never apologize for loving the Penguins. And you people who support the Steelers first, you just can't say the same thing. You just cannot. And the Pirates, they don't try to win. They cheat you of your money, and they suck. Okay, so if you want to be mad at the Penguins, don't be too mad for too long. Because they'll contend next year again, just like the Pirates won't. And they might win next year, just like the Steelers can't with that defense. I mean, I know I'm going to get heat for this. I'll let him have fun. He was just having fun. The Army War Hero stripped off his shirt and drenched himself in beer on the Jumbotron. Alejandro Villanueva. I'm beginning to think that behind those medals and that reputation, you look at what happened in Chicago, you look at what happened last night, the guy's just a dink. You know, you can be a veteran and be a dink. You can be a war hero and be a jerk. He might be. I don't know him, but observing and observing objectively like none of you do, I think he might be a jerk. Let's go to Jason in Highland Park. Jason, you're on with Double M. Mark, uh, wanted to comment about, you know, it's so difficult to make a run to the Cup. And one of the things over the past two years is the Penguins got scoring from unlikely sources. I mean, you think two years ago, Benito got all those goals against the Capitals, and that was really one of the main ingredients that was missing. Well, no question. And last year, Gensel came out of nowhere and scored 13 goals. Exactly. And there was just, you know, you, obviously Kessel and, and Malkin clearly are playing with something, but they just didn't get any scoring five-on-five five outside of the top line. And you know, you When could, there were some guys that just disappeared, like Sherry's been terrible all year, really. Uh, Simone, I think, is an AHL player. Uh, Aston yeah. Reese getting hurt uh, didn't help, but he hadn't been scoring. Uh, Riley Shane didn't score. We hear, I mean, so many people were enamored with him. He scored, what, 10 goals on the season? And don't get me wrong, he's a good fourth liner. But then they made him a third liner, and he wasn't so good. At least I don't think so. I think that I think, I think Sullivan did do some things I would not have done in coaching this series. And one of them was putting Broussard on the fourth line and Shane on the third and giving Shane more ice time. The sun has never because... come up. Shut up. Goodbye. Don't interrupt the man. The people turn on the radio to hear. Okay? Good. The Suns never come up on a day when Riley Shane was a better hockey player than Derek Broussard. And you just got to hope the guy comes good. Because Riley Shane, you know exactly what you got with him. And on the third line, it's not enough. Let's go to Jen and Ligonier. Jen, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Hi, Jen. I just wanted to... I am a huge Penguins fan, and I absolutely hate Alex Ovechkin, but watching the Why do you series, hate him? 
I think up until now he's been pretty much a prima donna. I know he worked very hard, but whenever he wasn't successful, he why got was he a prima donna? Just uh, his attitude. His attitude. You you couldn't be more off base. Anything else? I think his play in this series, he was a very mature player. I think he was very unselfish. I think his the way he was this season, I think, really kept his team with him. And I think that's what made them work so hard and why they were He's always done on. that. He's always done that. Last year he had a down year, only scored 33 goals. But one thing about Ovechkin, he's a touch 30, and you're not going to like him if he plays against your team, if he's on your rivals. Right. But I'd take him on my team anyway, any day. He works his ass off. He's physical. He's a generational goal scorer. I am not happy the Penguins lost to Washington, but I'm happy that Ovi got that monkey off his back. If there's, well, I'm not happy. You know what I mean. I wanted the Penguins to beat Ovi every time, but I've always respected him as a player and as a guy, and he finally got to the third round, and good for him. Let's go to Paul on the road. Paul, you're on with Double M. Kudos to the Pens and kudos to Washington. I have a question for you. Right. The old 2-9er said that for the Pens to win, we had to have a special teams win, a goalie win, a Stars win and defense win. The two wins we had, what would you say won those out of those four categories? I'm, I, I can't you know, take Phil's standard and apply it myself. I think there were close games played by two really good teams, and Washington won four and Pittsburgh won two. Okay. Thanks. Special teams meant a lot. The Penguins didn't score on the power play last night, and uh, that hurt a lot. They had a chance early to make it one nothing on the power play and didn't even really control the puck. You know what part of it was? The Caps knew Phil was hurt, and every time he got the puck on the boards, they went right after him. And he couldn't, you know, dart in and out, didn't have the flexibility. It wouldn't shock me if his ribs were hurt, if his shoulder was hurt, if his wrist was hurt. If all of the above were hurt, he just wasn't the Phil that we're used to seeing. We got Melvin and Tim on hold. Please do stay on hold. We got Steve Mears at the bottom of the hour. Oh, by the way, that that nerd that called before uh, talked about that big defense we got from Toronto. That was Hal Gill. I always thought of Skillsy as a Bruin because he played so long for the Bruins. But between Boston and Pittsburgh, he played for Toronto, and that's where he came from when the Penguins acquired him. And he certainly played a huge role on that 9 Cup winner. Back in the days when a defenseman like that could function in the league. Now, not so much. Unless you're Zadino Chara and your rep keeps you in, even though you're not that good anymore. 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you saying that because you know it'll make me make fun of you? Yes, I love you, Mark. But I'll be quite blunt, slap nuts. The X at 105.9. We got Penguins play-by-play man Steve Mears in about 10 or 12 minutes. If you want to get hockey calls in, now is the time to call. Penguins are done. It was still a great season, had a disappointing end. Doesn't detract from having won two straight Stanley Cups. It doesn't close the window either. A lot of people blame Latang. Latang's just fine. He'll be back next year after a summer of training, which he didn't get last year because of his neck surgery. He'll be back and better than this year, and I don't think he was all that bad this year. But Latang definitely has another gear. I do think at age 31, he may have to be a little less adventurous in the way he plays. 
may have to dial it back a little bit. I thought the best Latang we saw this year was when he just concentrated on playing defense. But you don't want to ignore his skating or his puck skills. I think there's probably a happy medium in there, and I think Chris Latang will find it. Derek Broussard's going to be just fine. Uh, he was, I'm sure, torn up by his disappointing stats since he joined the Penguins. Ottawa played that trap. Center was more of a defensive position with the Senator than it than an offensive position. I think that Derek Broussard may still be adjusting from that. If you'll recall, a guy like James Neal came to Pittsburgh, hardly scored at all in his salad days with the Penguins, but then went on to do very well, and I think Derek Broussard can do similarly. Uh, your thoughts on hockey, on the Penguins' exit? Everybody's rooting for Vegas now, and I wish Mark andre Fleury the best of luck, but they made the right decision keeping Matthew Murray. And I don't know, I can't get emotionally into Flurry like so many of you are. And, and I like Mark. I know Mark. Most of you don't. But uh, I, I just can't jump from the wife to the mistress. So what's the word I'm looking for? I, I just can't leap into another love affair after the last one just ended. Although it depends how hot the mistress would be, I suppose. Or the new chick, whatever you'd want to call her. The wife and mistress, you have those at the same time. That's the way to go. Let's go to Melvin in Bridgeville. Melvin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, I agree with you a lot, but I think Latang's got to go. He takes a $7.25 million cap hit, and he's been a liability all year. Yep, he's not going to go. He's a number one defenseman. There aren't many of those out there. How is he a number one defenseman? Because he plays 25 minutes, and you see, the problem is, Melvin, you just see when he plays bad. You've determined that he cost them the game even before the puck drops. For example, last night, did you think he cost them the game last night? No, but what about game five? I'm talking about last night. What and about you see, game the, the only reason, well, okay, but, that, but last night he was the number three star and played mostly like a number one defenseman and scored the lone goal. And they he, lost. He just, yeah, I know. I, I was at the game. How about you? Yeah, I, I was too. No, you weren't. And, and the point is that you, who would you replace him with? What would you do with that cap hit? Who would you get? It's easy. Somebody else. Oh, well, that's funny when I say it. You're just some dumbass from Bridgeville when you say it. Anything else dumbass from Bridgeville? How's your cat? Dead like your mother, I hope. I hope very much so. And I hope it was long and lingering and full of suffering. Not to be mean. Ned and Shaler, you're on with Double M. Hello, Mark. What up, Ned? Uh, here's my question. I know it's early, but it's the first thing on my mind. What is the biggest improvement over the offseason that they got to fix to get right back at it? What makes you think they really need to fix anything? Oh, nothing really. I just. I think they think. could use a jolt of new blood. I think they could use a legitimate sixth defenseman, like Stan Saverin just said. Uh, but but I don't think there's anything wrong with this team that that rest won't cure. I, I hate to use fatigue as a reason because I don't want it to be interpreted as an excuse. But how could you think it wasn't a reason? Yeah. What do you I would think? think? At least a couple more bottom like three guys, but. There's nothing really wrong with the team. I think they have to give Sprong a shot in the top nine, and I think they need to give Aston Reese a shot in the top nine. And and I think they have to. I think Connor Sherry's a fourth line guy or an AHL guy 
or a guy you get rid of. I, I just saw nothing from him all year. Uh, I, I Dominic Simone, I just don't think is an NHL player. So you have to decide who is and isn't an NHL player among the guys you have, and then you have to get it right. And I'm all for starting the season with Sherry next year. But he, he should have a very short window to prove that he still belongs because he was rotten this year, and he wasn't very good last year. Let's go to Byron in the car. Byron, here on with Double M. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Hey, you know, so Murray gives up two goals last night in four and a half periods. The Penguins played great. I mean, they didn't have the most. Well, it was two goals in, in three and a half periods, but but yeah. Right. The Penguins played great. The, the momentum. They, they didn't play there. great, but but okay. I'm, I'm talking about through the playoffs. Any of those games. They, they, they didn't won. play great, but okay. They played all right most nights. Good some nights. The Flyers weren't very good every night. I mean, it, it wasn't a stellar playoff for the Penguins. No, but Washington played excellent. No they question. Up. No question. Their defense shut shut down our our offensive machine, and just couldn't do it. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Brian in the car from Byron to Brian. Brian, you're on with Double M. Mister Mang, good day to you, sir. Right. Um, I think Penguins are a great team. Like you said, what did we play? Three hundred and seven games the last three. Three oh seven, correct. That's, uh, that's a lot of hockey. I mean, the, even the superhumans get tired after a while, right? Yeah, but I don't, again, I, I thank you for the call. I don't want to keep, if you keep saying that, it seems like an excuse. Two-time Stanley Cup champions don't need to use excuses when they lose. The Capitals were very worthy winners, and they conquered obstacles too, like Wilson being out, although I honestly think that helped them more than hurt them. Him being out, I think. I think the lack of shenanigans gave them greater focus while he was out, and that's how they won two of three games without him. And uh, missing Backstrom last night. Backstrom's their best center. He's one of the best in the league, and they beat the Penguins without him. So full credit to them. Full credit to Braden Holtby, especially. We got Steve Mears up next, the Penguins TV play-by-play man. I'm Mark Madden, one zero five nine. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Joining me now, he is the Penguins TV play-by-play man. We welcome back to the program a man who lives in a very exclusive neighborhood. He is Steve Mears. Uh, Mears, last night was a weird game. It was tense and close, but not exciting beyond that. Not a lot of terrific chances, am I right? Yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? I think a lot of it goes to what the Capitals were able to do to shut down the Penguins. I mean, to hold them to 22 shots, you didn't have those scoring chances. I think both teams were well aware of what happens when you make bad pinches, when you make mistakes, when you take bad penalties. We've seen examples of that, especially on the Penguins' side earlier in the series. Now you're getting into the really tense part with uh, the season on the line for the Penguins and the Caps trying to move on. So I think that's had a lot to do with it, just making sure every detail was there. It was a tight game, and i got to give the Caps a lot of credit for the shutdown game that they played to limit the Penguins to very few prime scoring chances, and ultimately they grind out a 2-1 win. That was kind of the thing with Washington. You didn't think they were able to do that, and that's been the problem in these past postseasons with them. They have not been able to play that type of a shutdown game when they need a win, and certainly haven't been able to do it against the Penguins the last previous, last few years in the postseason in big moments. Well, they did it last night, 
and they move on. It's, uh, but it was. It was an, an odd game and definitely not as entertaining as uh, the previous game. In the end, Mirzi, what beat the Penguins in this series? I hate to make excuses, but I think fatigue and injury had a lot to do with it. Yeah, there was, there was no doubt there's injuries, and of course every team's dealing with that. Uh, and, and the grind, of course, it's been well documented. This is a group that's played 307 hockey games over the last three seasons. A lot of hockey, and, and everybody's talked about that. I just go back and look at this series and how odd it was and the number of, of mistakes that the Penguins made, uncharacteristic mistakes from the previous years, and how every time they made a bad one, the puck ended up in the back of their net. There were so many examples, and it was really close. Kunakel hits a post in overtime. Malkin hit a post in Game 3 where it could have extended the game to 4-2. Maybe the Penguins win that one. But it sure seemed like every time the Penguins either made a bad read or took a bad penalty or it was a mistake from Matt Murray, it just it, it was so costly at that moment of the game. And, and again, you got to go to the Caps and give them some credit because they were really opportunistic. And in the past, they haven't been able to capitalize on many mistakes, and they, they did it in this series every time. You can go back and look at one key turnover, a misread, there were a couple plays in Game 5 in Washington, obviously, and then there were a couple other ones of turnovers in the games in Pittsburgh that just were whopping mistakes at the wrong time, and, and the Caps were opportunistic in this series. That's all I can say. Did Matt Murray ever truly find his form after being concussed at the end of February? Yeah, that's a good question. I I go back to the end of the regular season. He definitely was not at the level that we saw in January and then getting into February. I mean, that was an incredible run that he had there. And the team was playing so well. They finally had it clicked into gear for them, and they were really sharp midway through the season. And then, yeah, he came back from the concussion, and maybe the numbers weren't quite there, uh, maybe not quite as sharp. And uh, and Braden Holpe outplayed him here in this series. Let's be honest. That's how it went. And give, give Braden Holpe a ton of credit there, too. But, uh, yeah, not quite as sharp for Matt Murray, but we got to remember, the kid, he's 23 years of age, faced a lot of adversity this season, and uh, ultimately maybe a save or two would have been a huge difference, but there were so many other things going on. And I, I just I think overall it's really tough to beat the same team, and a good team at that, three straight years in the playoffs in a best-of-seven series. It's just it doesn't happen, and the fact that the Penguins made this as interesting and as close as it was, and maybe we're a shot away from at least extending it to a Game 7 or maybe even winning this thing, says a lot about their character. Chris Letang has a lot of critics in the wake of the series loss. I am not one of them. He wasn't perfect this season or in the playoffs, but he's a legit number one defenseman, and I think, Mirzi, the further he gets away from that neck surgery, I think he'll come better next year. Yeah, of course. I mean, this, this guy is a four-time All-Star. He's proven it time and time again in these big moments and uh, throughout his career as one of the best in the game, certainly one of the best skaters in the game. And uh, let's give him a lot of credit for what he did coming back and getting back to the form that he was at after missing eight months of hockey. And it's a remarkable story with uh, the Penguins able to win the Cup without him. He misses all that time with not – playing hockey at all, and then jumps right in, and there were some bumps along the way early on. Full credit to Mike Sullivan and the coaching staff. They never wavered. They never thought about benching him or decreasing his minutes. They wanted to have him fight through everything. That was what I thought handled really well by the coaching staff. 
and yeah, there were some mistakes there, but I think just about every Penguin defenseman was guilty of a, a pretty big mistake at a key moment that led to a goal, a big turnover or something. So it wasn't just Latang. I mean, the, those mistakes that I talked about earlier and some of those key turnovers, almost every D-man and a few other players on the team, they were all guilty. So that's, uh, that's just the way that it went in this series. And the Capitals right there, they were able to respond when in the past they haven't been able to. I agree totally uh, with that analysis about the defense. And staying with the blue line, do the Penguins need a boost on their defense core? Might that be a good place to start in the offseason? I think at the very least, they need a legit number five or six. Yeah, I'd agree. I would agree with it. It's uh, You need that defensive depth, and it was not there. I, that was one area, the lack of depth. And I would say at the forward position, too, looking back on this series, the lack of depth at both defense and at times at the forward position, that was evident here. And that's it proved to be costly. Where We're in a salary cap world. It's tough. You have to make sacrifices. The Penguins were able to remain a Stanley Cup contender despite the fact that they had to say goodbye to so many players in the last offseason. But I would, I would address that defensive depth here going into the summer. I, I still want to see a little bit more from Matt Hunwick, though. I'm not going to write him off just yet because it was a tough year for him. He also dealt with a concussion, a couple of different injuries, had a hard time getting back into the lineup. And I just ha- I find it hard to believe that such a pro and a veteran who was very solid in Toronto last year, all of a sudden now just can't crack the lineup, can't play. And I'd like to give him another look. He certainly has more time on his contract. I'm not ready to write him off just yet, but still I think it's wise to take a look at some defensive depth. You know you're going to deal with some injuries. But as far as the top four, you look at Brian Dumoulin's season, outstanding. Probably the Penguins' best defenseman from start to finish. Thought he was tremendous in the playoffs. He doesn't get enough credit. Justin Schultz, the same thing. You've got Latang, you've got Mata. And yeah, I would add maybe one more, maybe even two, because that's what you need. You better have seven or eight if you want to make a long run in the playoffs. We're talking to Steve Mears, the Penguins play-by-play man here on 105.9 The X. Mirzi, uh, what happened on that goal in overtime by Kuznetsov? How did you see it? I thought he made a great play stick on puck to force the turnover, and then, boy, he just went right down the middle. Yeah, he had the back pressure there on Crosby. It was kind of a pass that wasn't exactly in the wheelhouse for Crosby. He was trying to corral it, and then there was Kuznetsov, and he's able to kind of lift the stick, nudge it off of Crosby's stick, and again, caps quick up in transition. They're really impressive what they were able to do, and that quick strike right there. And those were the pucks that years past were just not going in. And now maybe in years past, the Penguins find a way to dodge that thing. But uh, Kuznetsov, it's not an easy move either. Cutting across, making that move, opening the goalie's legs up. Saw it in game number five, and he's able to slide it in. A beautiful play by Kuznetsov, one of their best players. They win that game without Nicholas Backstrom, of course, without Tom Wilson, without Burakovsky. And uh, they're able to able to get the victory. It's, uh, it's pretty simple. A 2-1 game. And they grind out a win, defensive style, and they win a low-scoring game. But easily, Tom Kunakle hits the post in overtime. Could have been a different story. But I was more impressed by the style that they played, and they were able to adapt to the atmosphere. And that's something that they did not do before. I was talking to one coach in the league about Washington. I just asked him, this is early in the season, what do you make of the Capitals? Why can't they get over that hump? And he said, Every time I watch them, it's always skill, 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 skill. They think they're going to outskill everybody, and we know you can't do that at this time of year. That is not what is going to win Stanley Cups. 
might win games in January, but not going to win the Stanley Cup. I thought last night wasn't so much about skill and their offensive firepower. It was just about grinding out and shutting down a 2-1 victory on the road, and they did that. I'm sure you feel like the Penguins' window is still wide open, right, Mirzi? Yeah, definitely, of course. I mean, these guys, a lot of players still with term on the contract. You know, there's a lot of talk about Derek Broussard and the trade and looking back on that, a lot of revisionist history. And uh, let's not forget, that's not a rental. He's a guy that has term on his contract, and I still believe in what he can bring, especially if he's at 100%. We get an opportunity to see him as the depth center for the Penguins. Uh, but they, they have so many other pieces. Matt Murray, 23 years of age. He's off to the greatest start of any goaltender in NHL history in their career to win two Stanley Cups in his first two years. I really think having the young guys behind him, Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari, they both got unbelievable experience this year, and that's going to be helpful for them and also going to be helpful for Matt Murray moving forward. And uh, I, I would like to see, uh, go back to, we, talk, we talked about the depth on defense, but at forward as well, and if, if there was a way, and it's tough with the salary cap, but looking back, if there was a way to add a winger, and uh, you look at who's available, and I know with the trade deadline there was a lot of talk about Michael Grabner, and I just think a guy like that, and if it was somehow manageable to, to make that type of an addition, a fast guy that's a proven scorer, and that can add a little more support for Crosby and Malkin as a top six winger that can finish, I think that would be a huge help. But as we know, it's not easy because of the salary cap and the Penguins have high-priced talent as it is. Uh, who are you pulling for now, Mirzi? Uh, is it Vegas like everybody else in Pittsburgh because of Marc-Andre Fleury? Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess Fleury. I also selfishly, since I'm going to do the Stanley Cup final, I selfishly just want to go to the nice cities. So that would qualify. Vegas would be one. Uh, Nashville would be another. And I guess Tampa is a pretty fun place to go. So uh, selfishly, I'm rooting for the best destination for the Stanley Cup final. But, uh, yeah, Vegas, just for Mark andre because we know him so well. and Everybody loves him here. Great guy and just an incredible season that he's had. It's easy to root for a guy like that. Uh, and also, you watch Tampa. They're, this is another team, fun team to watch. I see them getting to the Stanley Cup final, and there are a lot of guys there who have played a lot of hockey, and including who made it to the 2015 Stanley Cup final and lost the Chicago Blackhawks. Easy guys to root for, from their coach, John Cooper, to Steven Stamkos, who's been a tremendous player in this league and has come so close to winning it all. They do it right in Tampa. I, I'm a big fan of the Lightning and just their whole operation from ownership on down. First-class organization. So uh, I'd be really happy for a lot of those guys if they were able to pull it out and uh, get a Stanley Cup back there in Tampa, Florida. Pick a winner, Mirzi. Out of the five teams left, who do you think is going to win it? That was my pick. I'm going with the Lightning. I'm going Tampa. Uh, I love Vegas, and uh, I love Marc-Andre Fleury, but the Tampa Bay Lightning – even before the additions of J.T. Miller and Ryan McDonough were a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And now, when you add an all-star defenseman like McDonough, and the fact they've got four lines going here, it's like four lines that can do a ton of damage. A guy like Braden Point, who's basically on the depth chart a little bit further down, considering they have this is a team that has Johnson, Stamkos, Kucherov, Palat, and so forth. Braden Point has emerged now as a star on that team. We know J.T. Miller is a former first-round draft choice, and I never really, I don't think, ever got a true shot at uh, being 
a premier player in New York. He was always in the doghouse for some reason. Now he's thriving in Tampa. Victor Edmund, one of the best defensemen in the game. Andre Vasilevsky had a great season in goal. So uh, for me, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. I say they pull it out. Mirzy, great stuff. We'll talk soon. All right. Double M, thanks for having me. That is the great Steve Mears, play-by-play guy for the Penguins on AT&T Sportsnet. And now it's time to ask Mark anything. You know what that means. Call me up and ask me anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Intercare.com. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M, love hang. About all at once. The X at 105.9. Uh, double M on the X. It's time to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chipino Restaurant Cigar Bar. Check out the city's best seafood and chop house. Chipino's is located in the Strip. It's the home of the Super Genius Burger. I was thinking of going someplace to get fish tonight, too. Long John Silver's, maybe. Let's go to James in Castle Shannon. James. Uh, Ask Mark anything. Good day. Right. What do you think about Liverpool versus Real Madrid starting 11 versus starting 11? Oh, uh, talent-wise, Madrid have it all over Liverpool. But uh, I think Liverpool's front three matches with uh, the people who play up front for Madrid. And if Madrid tries to play straight at Liverpool and Liverpool can get counterattacks, I think Liverpool have a real good chance of winning the game, don't you? Of course, but it also depends on goalie. Who do you think has the better goalie out of the two? Uh, I think Madrid's goalie plays about five or six competitive matches a year. That's novice, right? I believe so. I haven't been keeping track for a while. Oh, well, thanks for calling up to try to exchange analysis and evaluation with me then. I think I think Madrid probably is a better goalie, but it's one game. By the way, I should have said this earlier. I got contacted by Liverpool Football Club today via social media asking me to help them hype the Champions League final here in America. I told them I would. What that means, I have no idea. I got a DM, and it was a legitimate DM from LFC, so we will see. Also, uh, I got to say this. A couple uh, students at North Hills High School, they resuscitated uh, the speech and debate program there that my mother ran for like three decades. And it, it had a couple students do real well. Uh, I'll get their names and congratulate them uh, by name on the program later in the week. But uh, it's great to see that program back up and running. And when it went out of business after my mother uh, got uninvolved and then passed away, I'm glad she didn't know it did. It it, it went out of circuit. It stopped existing after she passed. And it would have broken her heart to know. But she would love that it's back up and running and, and being successful to a pretty quick degree because they just restarted it, I think, uh, a year and a half ago. Let's go to Steve in Brighton Township. Steve, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Uh, forgive the redundance uh, from the previous caller, but yeah, I want to get your uh, expectations and predictions, too, also for the Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. I'm more worried about uh, Liverpool and Brighton and Hove Albion on S- Sunday to make sure we're in the Champions League for next year. That's true. So that that the final's two weeks away. You know, Liverpool may get some players back from injury. We'll do that a bit closer to the date. Let's go to Bernie in Johnstown. Bernie, ask Mark anything. Mark, now that the, the Penguins have been eliminated uh, starting next year, do you think they'll be closer to a 
Stanley Cup or a third bankruptcy? What do you think? Well, I don't know, Bernie. You live in Johnstown. What do you think you're closer to? Nobody caring that you no, live in a in a crap hole or that you've been flooded a bunch of times? Philly. Philly's a city of champions, though, bro. Oh, we're a Philadelphia fan. Have you ever seen the Flyers win the cup? Have you, Bernie? Have you ever seen the Flyers win the cup? And what happened in the first round? Bernie, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. What happened in the first round of the playoffs, Bernie? Uh, it, wasn't a ba- it wasn't a bankruptcy, I can tell yet. you that. We're you were an orange and black creamsicle. Hey. If you knew anything about what they have in their system, you'd know they have a total... Oh, Bernie, I've been hearing that system stuff since... What year is it? 1975. Bernie, that's 43 years. And you know what? This year was good because it was on us. You're out of the playoffs, and Pittsburgh is the team that put you there. Anything else, Bernie? No? Thanks for calling. What a tool. I love it when the Flyer fans... Like, act like going bankrupt, like how many years ago, is a factor in supporting the Penguins. You know, you got the big fat dead woman and you got that statue. You got the owner who tried to ruin hockey, put up a statue to him. You people can't even do statues right. You know what I am going to do too? I'm going to take one of my Flyers troll shirts. I swear to God, I'm going to go out there and put it on that big fat dead woman statue and pose with it. I swear to God, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I I pissed at the side of the spectrum. I did that when I was there a couple years ago to see Black Sabbath. Let's go to Joe in Bellevue. Joe, ask Mark anything. I was wondering, uh, what do you do whenever there's homeless people begging for money whenever it's a stoplight? I ignore them. You don't feel sorry for them? No. I, I will give to charity and have done many times. Uh, I do a lot for the Lemieux Foundation. Not a lot, but I, I do what I can. And I do something for the Penguins Foundation. But how do I know those people on the street corner aren't like taking my money and going home to their apartment putting one over on me? Putting you want one over on you? How so? Well, if they're begging for money because they're homeless but they have a home? Well, if they're homeless, how could they have a home? Because I don't know that they are for sure homeless. You think that people that already have a place to live go down to the corner and beg for money? I think some do, yeah. I think that's their job. Bro, I bet you could do it. You sound qualified for that anyway and not much else. Thank you for the call.